again and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, episode 360. This is the weekly podcast about American flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal and local supply of flowers and foliage. This podcast is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free nationwide online directory to florists, shops, and studios who design with American-grown flowers and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. Thank you to our lead sponsor for 2018, Florist Review Magazine. I'm delighted to serve as contributing editor for Slow Flowers Journal, found in the pages of Florist Review. It's the leading trade magazine in the floral industry and the only independent periodical for the retail, wholesale, and supplier market. Take advantage of the special subscription offer for members of the Slow Flowers community at deborahprinzing.com, where you can also find the show notes for today's episode 360. Last week, as we celebrated the fifth anniversary of this podcast, you heard from mother-daughter guests Joan Thorndike of La Mera Gardens and Isabella Thorndike Church of Jack Lilly Seasonal Floral Design. Well, today's episode continues the mother-daughter theme with Two Little Buds. Founded in 2004, Two Little Buds is a boutique floral design studio that specializes in wedding florals, event design, and editorial work. Daughter Mindy Staten and mother Alice Francis began Two Little Buds as a wedding and event floral studio, eventually opening a full-service retail flower shop in Hamilton, Ohio. Mindy and Alice expanded to flower farming about four years ago with the establishment of Morning Sun Flower Farm. The Two Little Buds brand now reflects the women's love of farm-fresh, local product and shows the best that each season has to offer. Here's a little bit more about Mindy Staten. Mindy Frances Staten loves to spend her days with flowers. She has an unbelievable passion and appreciation for the beauty found in nature and backs it up with the talent to bring her amazing visions to life. Mindy truly never forgets that while she may have done thousands of weddings over the last decade, each couple only gets one wedding day. So each wedding is important, each couple is important, each flower is important. In 2015, inspired by attending a florette workshop with Erin Benzacane, Mindy made some big changes with her shop and her life. Morning Sunflower Farm was born of a few sentences written at that workshop as she articulated a dream for her future. Since Mindy is the kind of dedicated person who gets things done, she convinced her husband to start a flower farm with her. And in the spring of 2016, less than a year later, the first perfect anemones were cut at her farm and brought to Two Little Buds to share with their incredibly lucky clients and customers. And the flowers didn't stop there. Soon the shop was brimming with beautiful ranunculus, tulips, dahlias, sunflowers, zinnias, sweet peas, and more. Mindy continues to grow and expand the farm with plans to include a design space and a meeting area to sit down with clients. She manages to run two locations of two little buds plus a flower farm and still have the time to hang out with her best friend, her husband, and their three hilariously goofy bulldogs. Mindy loves Chinese food, her mom, milkshakes, working outside, and facing challenges head on. And her best quality, she's never met a stranger and will literally do anything to help others. 
Here's more about Alice Francis. Alice Stone Francis, co-owner of Two Little Buds, was born and raised in Hamilton, Ohio, but has always had a connection to Oxford, where she lives now. She was super close to her parents, loving to cook and garden with her mom and joke around with her father. Alice met her husband, Bill, when he came over to her at a softball game and handed her an apple. And how does a girl say no to that? They went on to get married and have four amazing children. Alice worked as a school teacher while Bill served in the army, and she also loved to go to craft fairs and sell wreaths that she handmade using flowers that her father grew especially for her. Once her kids grew up and moved out, she started right into taking care of her grandkids. Then in 2005, Mindy and Alice started doing wedding florals out of Alice's greenhouse. Demand for their beautiful floral work outgrew the greenhouse, and the Two Little Buds storefront in Hamilton was born. When you meet Alice, it's easy to see where Mindy got her willingness to help people, her love of animals, her appreciation of nature, and her creativity. Alice loves her family. She has a real soft spot for her grandkids. She also loves white chocolate mochas, dogs, and keeping Two Little Buds current on her favorite Instagram accounts. Alice loves meeting brides and talking about their vision for their big day. Morning Sun Flower Farm is a perfect little farm located in Morning Sun, Ohio. Founded in 2015, the farm's location is truly picturesque, adjacent to Houston Woods State Park with a cute little horse farm in front of it. In the spring, the field explodes with color from foxgloves, sweet peas, tulips, daffodils and poppies, while the hoop house is home to gorgeous anemones and ranunculus. Summertime makes way for amazing sunflowers, larkspur, delphinium, bachelor buttons, snapdragons, and dahlias in the field, and perfect lisianthus in the hoop house. With autumn comes the field teeming with more dahlias and sunflowers, plus zinnias, scabiosa, and lavender. And fall, the hoop house is home to some wonderfully vibrant chrysanthemum varieties. Winter is a time to regroup. The land rests while Mindy and Josh get busy plotting and planning for the following spring. As Mindy says, it's so rewarding to watch the change in seasons reflected in the blooms that we're able to share with our clients and customers. Morning Sun hosted its first Farm to Vase workshop in August 2016, and it was such a good time for everyone involved that the farm now hosts three design workshops dinners each season. Recently named one of Ohio Magazine's Best Of Editor's Picks for 2017. I'm so excited to share this conversation with you, and I encourage you to visit DeborahPrinzing.com to find our show notes for episode 360, where I'll post photos of Mindy and Alice, the farm, their florals, the retail space, and links to all their social places. So let's get started. the Slow Flowers podcast with Deborah Prinzing, and I'm so delighted today to introduce another mother-daughter team. Um, we're having quite a series here. Please meet Mindy Staten and Alice Francis of Two Little Buds. Hi, ladies. Hi. So happy to be here. That's great. Thanks for doing this on, on Skype. So we, we got to see each other quickly, but we, we're now just doing voice only. Um, and of course, we'll share lots of photos of you and your flowers uh, so people can meet you virtually um, in today's show notes. Uh, Mindy, uh, we've just met virtually. So tell me a little bit, tell me a little bit about your business. And also, uh, Alice, you jump in and talk about your path from floristry to farming. It's kind of the backwards path that uh, many people take. Yeah, we, um, we, my mom and I started uh, Two Little Buds Florist. Uh, about 11 years ago. Um, and we actually 
it began um, out of her greenhouse. So we're kind of going back to our roots. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> and remind us where you're lo- where is the retail uh, business located? So our new Hamilton shop um, is uh, at 17 North D Street in a newly um, revived kind of urban scene that okay. we're so super excited about. Okay. And Hamilton, Ohio is, um, okay. what is, what is that? Where is that in the state? Uh, Southwest. Okay, great. So um, Alice had a greenhouse. Why, Alice? Were you growing your own flowers or what? Or just an avid gardener? Uh, no. Mindy kind of drugged me into this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, no, we, we um, she had always been in uh, wanting to do flowers and arrangements and everything. So um, after uh, school, she started working for uh, a couple of flower shops and, you know, she just kind of took off from there. And the part of that business she liked was doing weddings. So she said, Mom, why don't we do this together? Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, I, I love working with flowers, but I don't know anything about it, but, you know, I'm willing to go along with you. So, um, so we started doing it at at my house out of the greenhouse and the business really kind of took off and got really messy in my home. <laughs> and so she talked to her dad and I into um, uh, going out uh, and into a shop and uh, doing the whole f- uh, wedding and uh, oh, retail so, and yeah. events and delivering flowers and all that. And so we did that out of that shop in um, uh, the township, Fairfield Township, for 10 years. Wow. 11 years. Well, time flies. Yeah, (laughs) really. So full-service retail, weddings and events were part of that, but you were doing like... We were doing everyday deliveries, you know, walk-in sales. But her thing was, right from the beginning, she only wanted to do weddings, and I said, can we make it just doing weddings? Mm. dream. Mm-hmm. And with re- with a retail storefront, you kind of had to deal with those walk-in customers too, right? We did, we we did, did. which kind of created a monster. And, you know, we did the everyday flower grind for a very long time. Well, yeah, yeah 11 years. Wow. And so um, at that time, just curious, you know, kind of knowing what we all know about the floral industry, I'm assuming you were sourcing from um, uh, wholesale sources, conventional um distributors who were maybe importing or like give me a snapshot of like how were you sourcing when you were full service retail i would say for i don't know maybe nine of those years we were um using imported flowers so we have about three wholesalers in the cincinnati area where we would get flowers from weekly and unfortunately all of them were from you know yeah. Either or, so most of them were imported. But the wholesalers weren't necessarily giving you any other options. It sounds like that's what they were, they were no, uh, putting I, on their floor. Is is no. It, right? Oh, no, no, not until until recently. You know, since the I feel like the local flower buzz has um, finally caught up with you. Right, right. So we didn't have any other options. Well, so when you did that um, in weddings, you know, you still kind of specialize in weddings and events. It sounds like that's the brand Two Little Buds is very well known for um, designing for weddings and events in in your area. Correct. 
Wow, that's great. And so you designed well together? Like, how did you divide up the responsibilities? Well, um, we do have a team now of about six people. So life is way easier now. Um, <laughs> yes, it was terrible with just her and I. <laughs> oh, I bet. In the beginning, Mom and I worked very long days, very long weeks. And, um, you know, she would... Um, she liked to do the boutonnieres and corsage. So no, mom would do I didn't. <laughs> no, don't let her tell you that. What What did you like to do, Alice? What, what was your favorite? Well, I got stuck doing that, <laughs> but I did it. Oh, you're funny. I can just imagine being a fly on the wall in the studio when you two are going at it. <laughs> we did. We did have some. We've had some difficult times, but also very good times. Yeah, so. I mean. You probably love each other more than you love having a business together, but so it oh, it prevailed. Right, right. Yeah. So well, she stuck with me. Yeah, right, Mom. You have to be. You you're the mainstay. She can't fire me. <laughs> well, so what what stimulated the change a couple years ago when you started um, uh, Morning Sun Flower Farming? What what it, what inspired all that? It was more of um, what our clients were asking for. Really? Great. Yes. So I feel like uh, we couldn't offer them what they would see in these Pinterest, in Pinterest mm -hmm. or the, you know, the magazines that were out. It just everything looked so different than what we could, you know, purchase at our local wholesalers. What, what so, were the, what were the terms and like, descriptors that you were hearing from those girls that come, would come um, in? Fresh, local, natural, organic, um, wild, hmm. mm -hmm. you know, just kind of loose and airy, mm -hmm. all of those. And, you know, I feel like everything we would pick up from when we would, you know, get flowers weekly from the wholesalers would be, everything would be so... <laughs> It just didn't look natural. Right, right. No, I understand. I think people can picture what you're talking about, which is sort of, sometimes I say the dirty dozen, like just the, the, the line flowers, the very right. s standard, uh, and also maybe the just the palette being limited too. Oh, yeah. I mean, we just, we didn't feel like we were making our clients happy. Hmm. So um, that was our main push. And so... For, for me, I was at a, like mom and I were at a point in our business where we, we had to change or we weren't going to be ahead of our competition. Wow. So for us, it was we either take the step, do the research, try to figure out how we can change the look of our business and flowers. And, um, one of the first, obviously the first people that I was attracted to was Florette. So mm -hmm. we got to go to um, her, like one of her wildflower intensives um, in the summer of 2015. Because you were focused more on the design aesthetic at that point, or that was right. more a design workshop, not a, not a farming workshop per se. It was kind of both. Oh, okay. But more... For me, mom and I going out there, it was, it was more like the design. You're right. Yeah. Like, but then um, once we actually um, were there and could see, you know, that this is something that we could 
we could do. Um, my husband and I own 40 acres. So, um, and yeah, was, it was for me, it was kind of like this, this is, this is something that I want to dive head first into. Right, so, right. um, what were you going to say, Alice? Uh, I, I don't know. I then forgot. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, we went out there and we had a great time and we realized that she was doing what she was doing on two acres. Right. Oh, right. And then here Mindy has 40 acres. So what's the, what's the objection? What, and what? Then, as soon as we came back, she says, mom, we can do this. And I said, well, okay, let's, let's, let's do it. Oh, it's, and it's so much easier to do it with each other. I mean, it's because I, it's a, it's a low. I weeded yesterday for four hours. <laughs> I like it. I like it. You're great. You have a big fat straw hat, I hope. No, on sunscreen. So Mindy, what, what were you uh, and your husband doing with that 40 acres? What, how had you been farming another crop? Uh, well, no, we lease it out to uh, some local farmers. So oh. most of it is either corn or soybeans. Oh, okay. So how did you uh, how did you hit the go button and just dive in, like as you said, and just embrace this whole sort of a whole new model for for making your business, you know, kind of go to the next level? I was just tired of the she, same thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she read a lot of books too on the slow flower movement, which I think one of them was yours. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. That makes me happy. So I sat in the shop or other shop and I said, Oh look, she grows this, she grows this. Let's do this. So we got a lot out of your book. Oh, thank you, Alice. Oh, that's so great. Well, and I want to be full disclosure. I'm not a flower farmer, so I, I pretend <laughs> to be one, but I am, I'm have a city garden. So, um, I really admire People who are, pardon? That's disappointing. Oh yeah, you know what though? If I didn't have, if I had a farm, I wouldn't be able to travel around and see everybody else's farms. So it's it's good. You know, we play to our strengths. I'll I'll uh, support farmers, and uh, I I honestly respect the the science of flower farming so much because it is such backbreaking, difficult work, and people really do it because they love it. I mean, I, I just don't. That's Cindy. Yeah. yeah it, it's, um, it is a lot of hard work. So, um, you know, after we did decide to start the flower farm, um, we also had to, you know, I did, you know, two years of six days a week at two little buds. Um, and then finally realized that it wasn't something that I could handle. Right. <laughs> You can't can't be in two places at once, you mean. Right. So uh, with our new studio that we we opened up this past April, um, I have at least two days a week where I can spend farming. Wow. So that's all day. (laughs) So Monday and Tuesdays are my farming days. Now, that doesn't mean that when I work, um, you know, the rest of the days that week at the flower shop, then I don't still go home and work at the flower farm. Because so, you live at the farm, and that, that's probably where you, you can never really close leave. the door and leave it, yeah, right? We do. We do. In fact, um, I'm glad that you asked that. Um, uh, our house is in the process of being built on the flower farm. Oh, okay. So um, we are building a studio out there as well. Wow. Wow. So, so, so you'll have like a location on the farm and then this sort of new model of a retail location that when you say studio, that's the, the place that has is now no longer open six days a week, right? 
Yeah, so um, we're closed Monday, Tuesdays. Wednesdays, we're in the shop to work on events for that upcoming weekend. Um, and then Thursday, Friday, and Saturday is when we're open for walk-in sales. Okay. And really, that's for us to be able to sell the flowers that we grow um, that we're not using for the weddings that week or for our floral CSA or um, for, we also do workshops out on the farm too. So, so is this your third season in this new model um, of kind of farm, a farm centric location and then um, a studio location? Yes. So when did you actually close the doors on that six day a week uh, flower shop? That was in a completely different, um, at a different address, right? It was, yes. Okay. So um, we actually, I mean, the new studio was, we opened here and we opened the doors in April. Okay. That's what I saw. That's when I messaged you on social media. And I was like, let's do, let's do something about this. I had forgotten that you had come out of retail. So this is a really yeah. interesting pivot for you. It was a huge leap. I was scared to death, to be honest, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> because it was like all I knew for, right. you know, 11 years. And I thought that I had to take every order that like walked in the door, you know? Um, but then I think that we finally realized that people loved our concept and liked us and no, you know, where it didn't matter where we were, they were going to come buy flowers from us. <laughs> I love it. So the, the cash flow of those daily orders that you haven't completely lost that because you've just kind of sh funneled those customers into the CSA subscription. It sounds like. I think we've like opened our eyes. Um, but we also had lots of people from that, the area that we used to be in come here too. Yeah. I mean, we've had people follow us here yeah. also. Um, we are opening our customers' eyes to, you know, local seasonal flowers that are coming straight from our farm, mostly cut that morning. Um, the quality is better. They, they look better. And I think people enjoy the fact that mom and I spent three hours the night before cutting them together and they get to enjoy them. Oh, so. my gosh. Yeah. I mean, what an authentic narrative versus just buying a box of flowers from the wholesaler and, right. um, right. with no story. Uh, it's, I mean, we just, we can't keep flowers on the shelves and it's wonderful. So, so. when, when people come in Thursday, Friday and Saturday, what, what do they see? Do you have pre-made, um, bouquets and centerpieces? No, no. I, um, I, I kind of call it my like farmer's market style. <laughs> so we just have buckets of stuff sitting around, buckets of flowers sitting around. Um, we have a flower wall where it's just base, you know, bases of um, flowers and people can come and create their own. Oh, okay. neat. Uh, we, we think that people enjoy that and experience so much more than seeing um, arrangements pre-made and put together. Um, and, they, and they actually get to pick their own flowers versus a, a flower shop because you don't really pick your own flowers there. The right. people who own the shops do that for you. So, oh, so people can actually purchase single stems and then put their own grouping together. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's, and neat. it's neat too, because we'll have, you know, we have customers who come every weekend oh. and, you know, they'll bring their daughter with them. And they, it's like, it's an experience more than 
a quick stop. You know, like I feel like Kroger, you, uh huh. You know, you're just going in and you're picking out what's already there and like on the shelves, but here it's an experience. Well, I love that you said that, Mindy, because I'm working on the um, 2019 uh, uh, forecast for Slow Flowers, and um, it seems like I have to work on it earlier every year. <laughs> but one of the one of the kind of items I'm going to include in the forecast, sort of a industry prediction, I guess, is. Um, experience, not convenience is sort right. of the, the tagline. Right. And what you just described is precisely um, like the perfect illustration of that. Like you you engage with the flowers, you get to talk to the farmer, you get to touch and, and gather and versus this generic cellophane cash and carry kind of experience. Oh yeah, definitely. And That's, I think it, it's neat here, like at, at Two Little Buds, the flower shop, because you know, like, None of our flowers are hidden away in a cooler. Um, you know, we sell out mostly every weekend. I mean, we have a cooler here, but that's not where customers are getting the flowers from. They're, like, they're, they're in, the, it, in the front shop touching and gathering and smelling, yeah. and that's so cool. And, and you, you, will you send me a couple photos of how that looks? Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, that'd be awesome. We'd love to share that on the uh, show notes. Um, one of the things I just want to clarify, like geographically, your farm is, um, what town is your farm in? It's considered, um, Morning Sun, Ohio. Oh, oh. Um, oh that's the name, Morning Sun. Is it that, is. Oh, I it see. Is. Oh, wonderful. But it, um, it's about 15 minutes from Oxford, Ohio, which is, uh, there's a big college there called Miami University. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so, and then and then the retail, how far did the retail shop move to the new studio? That's in Hamilton. So that's, okay. that's about 25 minutes from the flower farm. Oh, okay. But was the original shop in Hamilton also? Uh, considered Fairfield Township about uh, three miles away. <laughs> oh, well, when, when Alice said people follow you, it's not that they had to follow you that far then. It's pretty much the same market. It's funny, though. It is not far, but but people found it very inconvenient. They didn't want us to leave. Traffic, oh. traffic is bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> You know, it depends on what, what, what hurdles you'll, you'll jump to get local flowers, though, right? Right, right. So um, one of the things you mentioned before we started this episode, Mindy, is the number of weddings you do a year. Can you talk a little bit about what your wedding business is like now, or what it was like and what it is now? Like, are you, um, have you had to make some changes just in your design services? All of that, yes. Okay. We, uh, so when Mom and I first opened our doors, we were in a pretty expensive retail spot. Um, it was probably way too much, <laughs> but we're both ambitious people. So <laughs> we just decided to do it. So we took about every wedding that walked in the door. Um, and we were doing about 150 a year. Wow. And this is just like mm -hmm. anything from elopements to over the top. Oh yeah. You yes. didn't have, you didn't have a minimum per se. Yes. No, we did not at the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mm -hmm. But um, as we've, you know, as I've grown with the business, um, now we do about 60 to 70 a year and we offer a couple different services. So we offer a full service package um, 
and then we offer an a la carte package. And so for our a la carte package, we do not offer delivery. Mm, they come and pick up everything from you. They come and pick everything up. Mm-hmm. We also offer a DIY on the farm package, and that's where our clients um, book that service. And they come out and we essentially teach them how to um, arrange everything they would need for their wedding. But they're doing doing all of the work by cutting the flowers and putting everything together. But we're offering another experience for them. Right. Well, and and also that professional level, like um, calculating recipes and how many stems per bouquet. Nobody knows that unless they've worked in the business. So right, right. So with that service too, we'll we'll do delivery for them, but we mm-hmm. definitely have a minimum mm-hmm. for that. Do you have um, a situ ever have situations where you're having to buy from other farms, or are you pretty much growing the diversified selection that you can, you know, any season or any any month during the season, you know, create the wedding from just from morning sun. Oh, we're, we're definitely always buying from other farmers. Oh, okay. I love that. I feel like we, <laughs> if anybody does a lot of weddings, um, you can grow 5 million flowers, but the client will want the one you don't grow. <laughs> of course. So it's either the color palette that you've chosen for the farm that year is, you know, totally different from what your bride wants. So... Yeah, I don't, I mean, we weekly buy uh, flowers from other farms. Mm-hmm. And are they all kind of in the Cincinnati area or? Yeah, I mean, one of the big ones is Little Creek Valley. Um, they're north. Oh, cool. Of, so they, they're awesome and they, um, they do like a delivery weekly. So whatever we're not able to um, provide, they always seem to come through. <laughs> well, and it also kind of underscores your narrative anyway that these are local and seasonal and from the farm and, and you know, you're oh, supporting yeah. another farm by, by, you know, sourcing with that ethos. Oh, yeah, totally. Yes. Wow. And then when, um, when you mentioned the DIY uh, uh, brides coming to your farm and, and you teaching them, that's that's sort of one-on-one, but you're also, you said you're also doing workshops at the farm. Yeah, we host three a year. Um, there are farm to base workshops. So, um, the most we've ever had out for one dinner is about 70 people. Oh my gosh. That was our first one. Okay. So wait, this is more than a workshop. Describe how it, how you have it set up. It's wonderful. No, it's a whole experience. It's, um, you, and it's so neat too, cause it's like my whole family chips in to help. Um, so uh, when, when our clients or our attendees come over the hill to see the flower farm, they're greeted with the welcome table. Um, we give them a little apron, scissors, and then we give them our field guide, which is just kind of an itinerary for the night. Um, then they are kind of shuffled to the bar and we always do like a signature drink and we have all kinds of cocktails. And so they kind of mingle and they get to see the flower fields and um, there's live music, which is usually my brother or my dad. <laughs> Such a talented family. Yeah. And then so we have, um, you know, some tables set up under a big tent and 
they um, eat dinner first because we have found that a lot of um, the attendees don't want to get like super dirty before they eat. Mm, so right. um, the, the dinner, the meal is always catered. We try to use, you know, a local business that has kind of the same idea as us, you right. know, kind of farm to table type meal. Um, after dinner, they, uh, we do a demo so that they learn how to create a beautiful arrangement. And then we let them loose in the flower fields to cut till their hearts are content. Oh my and then goodness. they they come back and create a pretty arrangement, and um, it's it's so rewarding to see these people smiling. Wow, that is so beautiful. I haven't heard of a, a farm to table dinner set up at all like this before. It's usually just the workshop or yeah, so the we meal. Do, we do three a year. Wow. Uh, we do our fall uh, or our spring, summer, fall. Okay. And so this is our third year doing those, and we've sold out every single one of them. Wow. Um, which which goes to show you that, you know, like we were talking about earlier, is people are so interested in more, you know, buying an experience than just, you know, something off a shelf. So, right. <clears throat> and connecting with um, their own region, you know, and, and probably they – as you said, you've been leasing to corn and soybean farmers. There's, there's not like it's not that agriculture doesn't exist where you live. It's oh, just no. a, it's just it's just large scale, and you're kind right. of an anomaly in a in an exciting and intriguing way. Right, right. So, yeah, um, that's great. You know, in our area, you can't it, houses are built on forty acre plots, so there are not neighbors around. <laughs> How, um, how, can you, do you mind telling us how you price those dinners or does it depend on who the caterer is? We, we do $125 a person. Okay. Wow. That's, that's a great price. It is good. It is Because good. a workshop could, by itself could just be 125 Oh, definitely. So are you viewing these as more uh, long-term marketing? Like when that person who's attended has, you know, a, a wedding in the family, then they'll think of calling you to design that wedding? Yes. So there's a lot of different reasons. I mean, we don't make a lot of money off of them, but it is such a good form of advertising. Oh, I um, bet. So um, we, I mean, we have people come, you know, people that have come back to every single workshop and they've brought friends and, you know, it's just, for me, it's it's a way to show off what we've accomplished that year, basically. Plus, we have brides that come before or after their wedding. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. it's so funny you brought that up, Alice. I was going to ask if people requested getting married at your farm, but you probably, that's a whole different scene, right? We probably will not do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you know, it, it could probably work, but... I'm, I yeah. want to be like, you know, this is working well for us as a business. You know, I don't need to add any more to my plate. Yeah, we would have to weed more too. Yeah, yeah, more. Alice, you'd never get out of that out of that patch. <laughs> she acts like I'm a slave driver, but, <laughs> yeah, but she is. She is. She's with all those volunteers. So. All right. So uh, last week I had a Joan Thorndike and Isabella Thorndike Church, a mother daughter. Uh, 
flower farmers uh, from Oregon on the podcast. And uh, Isabella also has her own design studio. But I asked Isabella what she calls her mom, and she said, boss mama. <laughs> so I think Alice needs to call you boss daughter. <laughs> yeah, there I think go. you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> How far do you live from the farm, Alice? Um, my, my mom lives in Oxford. Yeah, so okay. in Oxford, what, 10 minutes away. Yeah. Too, that's your problem. You're too convenient. You're too close. Yeah, darn it. No, uh, she tells me all the time when we're cutting flowers that this is what makes her happy. So. Yeah, but, I mean, I love it. I, I love the, My favorite thing is cutting flowers and bring in for CSAs because then you see the you know, the, the, the fruit of your labor. Right. Right. It's so gratifying to, to yeah. gather. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, so I, I'm just sitting here looking, thinking about the calendar year and with the dinners in spring, the dinner slash workshop in spring, summer, fall. Do you find that now that you've gotten out from under that six day a week retail grind that you actually have downtime in the winters to like do planning or travel or, or dream? I mean, what, how does your year balance out? Yeah. I mean, this will be the first year for me that I don't have to be in the flower shop six days a week. Okay. Because you just made that switch in April. We did. Okay. So, um, I don't know. I'm, I have a hard time with downtime. So, <laughs> I'm, working on, I'm working on that, but um, I feel like it'll be way more beneficial to the farm. Mm-hmm. So, I can focus. Well, I, and I, I got, it was, I was kind of getting at also like, do you even have winter weddings anymore or is it pretty oh, much? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh, we okay. have, we'll have events all year long. So the design studio will be busy. It's just that you maybe are not sourcing in the winter from your own farm because it's under snow, right? Correct. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We had a bad winter last year. So, so then are you getting like uh, American grown product from California yes. or? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we try to do as much American grown as we can. I'm so impressed. Honestly, I I witnessed a, a a number of people who I feel are in a rut, and they the all the evidence is in front of them that they should change to a model like you've described. And I'm not saying being a flower farmer. I'm just saying changing sourcing practices to right. reflect the aesthetic of the day. Right. But but in that would even be easier than starting a flower farm, just changing how you source. But there's, it's just shocking to me sometimes when the evidence is all there and, and the re- people still resist or they're afraid or they, I don't know, they just don't take the leap. And, and you really were brave, both of you, to go to do this after more than a decade to make this radical change. Well, I think probably my age had something to do with it. Um, you know, I mean, I started we started two little buds when I was in my twenties. Yeah. Yeah. I think by the time I was in my thirties, I still, you know, I don't have children. So this business is my, yeah, it's your baby. Right. Right. And, and you were, you were more than a decade into this profession at a time when others are maybe just getting started. So yeah, right. Right. You reinvented yourself, but in such a positive direction. By the time you, you know, I still had lots of energy and, (laughs) um, dreams. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I love it. So this has been a big year of transition. Do you have one more dinner or two more dinners still on the calendar? We have two, actually. We have a, we do private workshops out there too. So if 
we can get a class of a 25 and above, um, they can do the whole experience. So mm. we have um, one of those booked in September, a private class, and then our fall farm to vase is um, at the end of September. So. Mm. Oh, wonderful. And you have that information posted on your uh, website anyway. For we do. We do. Is Two Little Buds the main website or does Morning Sun also have a website? How do you integrate that? So we have found that if Morning Sun has its own website and, you know, a, a big identity on uh, the internet, that yeah. people will randomly stop by the farm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which is not a, not a big deal, but we're not open to the public. So, um we kind of have two little buds as the main, um, the brand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I think that's really smart, especially because it, it, you're still in construction. It's not like you even have a, a, a building that people would come to. It sounds like these workshops are all kind of open air or under a tent or something. Yeah. We always put up a large tent, but, okay. um, also the farm is like our home. Yeah. Right. So it's, you know, it's, it's, I never want to tell people no, that, <laughs> but, um, we, we would like to keep it our home. Right. And having the scheduled dates on the calendar is kind of nice. You can point to that and say, here's when we're available to, you know, to visit, unless it's one of those DIY brides who you're going to schedule anyway. Right. Right. Absolutely. Wow. That's exciting. So are you involved in the Ohio flower, uh, flower farmers group? Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, that's a dynamic group that meets every January, right? Or February? Yep, it's a large group. And and what like what have you witnessed just being involved in that? Just every year, more people starting farms and getting involved. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the years, it was really neat. We got to go see Sunny Meadows, which that's uh -huh. a, like they're an awesome operation. Yeah. So. Yeah. That was neat to be able to see their farm and, you know, see a large scale. Right. So, well, just, and, and you're a different model. You're not trying to sell wholesale like, like not, Gretel and Steve. Not, right. Yeah. No, no, we're, we're, we're comfortable perfecting our small scale farm. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask you specifically what varieties you grow, even though you said you could grow a thousand if you, if, if you had no restraint, but like, what are you, <laughs> what, what is kind of the, the variety mix, uh, that you've found is best for supporting your weddings? Yeah. I mean, it, it's still a learning process. I think it'll be a learning process every year, but, um, we do tulips, daffodils, ranunculus, anemones, uh, foxglove, um, Orlea, Sweet William. Mm. Um, we do tons of different dahlias, mm. sunflowers, ornamental kale, um, scabiosa. We do wow. uh, heirloom chrysanthemums. Mm. Yeah. So Lysianthus. Yeah. I hear Alice whispering varieties too. She is. <laughs> she is. <laughs> but what you've described from like the tulip to the heirloom chrysanthemum like that's pretty much the, the longest possible season for the zone you're in anyway right yeah. and we're 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 trying to build up our perennial collection too so oh, right we have about 300 feet of that um mm -hmm. so that's something that we're working on to get us through those times when you're just kind of 
not producing much because it's like a transition time. So would that be like like peonies and then yeah. into the ornamental woody shrubs, that sort of Correct. thing? Correct. Yeah. Yes. Wow, that's great. And that's the gift that keeps on giving once you get those established. Right, right. So oh, That's very cool. Um, so that's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want to grow that you're not growing, Alice? Lots more peonies. <laughs> yeah. Because that, once you get hooked, you just think you need every color on the ra of the rainbow. I know. Uh, and all the brides would be so happy to have local oh, peonies. Yeah, they want them in the middle of winter. <laughs> I know, I know. It's not too bad. I know. <laughs> Wrong hemisphere. <laughs> right. So now, um, when people say, "What is the what is the two little buds?" like aesthetic, I mean, it must be so different than customers who were even with you five years ago. Yeah. Like, were you very formal and roundy moundy and kind of, I or think, I don't I think being a florist, you're, <laughs> you're guided by trends. Mm -hmm. So, you know, years ago it was, everything was round and mm -hmm. it was compact, like weird color schemes, like brown and pink and brown and turquoise and brown and bright green. So like, I think that we're always going to have to go with what that year's trend is. But so blush and navy will never go away. Yeah. <laughs> Bless your heart. I think you're right. But it's, it's, it's interesting now that you're almost letting the botanicals determine the aesthetic than some artificial, you know, picture in a magazine. Right, right. So we, that's what kind of sets us apart from like, cause there are so many wonderful florists in Cincinnati, just wonderful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think people are really drawn to us because, you know, they're, they've seen our, our progress as, you know, when the farm first started and then where we are now. And so I think, again, it's the story. Yeah. And, you know. But so many of these flowers remind these brides of their home life or what was growing in their grandma's garden or whatever, so. Well, that's that, that's that wonderful um, kind of visceral connection that's so sensory. And sometimes you can't even name it. You just, you're just drawn to it. Right. Yeah. That's cool. Are you both Ohio natives? Yes. yes. <laughs> so that, that what Alice just said means a lot because you probably remember your grandmother's garden, Alice, and, and Mindy. Mindy. <laughs> What'd you say? I remember her peonies and Mindy, and she has a twin sister. And it's our answering service. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Mindy has a twin sister, so I gave them their own little plot of ground when they were young to grow okay. whatever they wanted to grow. So they've been doing this since they were four or five. <laughs> You're the instigator. She is. Yeah, I, I love guess it. so. Well, this has been so much fun, ladies. I would love to share some photos of the farm and the dinners and one or two of your weddings and the two of you and uh, just really help people have uh, a something to picture when they hear this podcast and, and hear your voices. So we'll share some photos at the show notes uh, for Deborah Prinzing, at DebraPrinzing.com. And also I'll provide links to all the social places for Two Little Buds, if you're not already following them, which many of you are, I'm sure. And I'm just, uh, I can't wait to come visit sometime soon. I just got to put Cincinnati on my, um, 
on my future visit yeah, list. There's a lot of good stuff going on around here. So we'd love to have you. Oh, thank you. Thank you both so much for sharing your story. That was, I'm just really thrilled to, to now hold you up as an example of florists who reinvented themselves with thank complete, you. like just, just all in. And I, I think that's really inspiring. Thank you. Thank you, Deborah. Thanks for inviting us. Oh, you bet. We'll talk soon. Thanks a lot. Okay, bye. Thank you so much for joining me today. There's so much joy in this work, this calling I feel to shine a light on the floral tribe who means so much to me. Speaking with people like Mindy and Alice is such a gift to share. Something Mindy said really resonated with me. She said, we had to change or we weren't going to be ahead of our competition. So for us, it was taking the step, doing the research and figuring out how to change the look of our business in flowers. While managing change in this dynamic climate for floral design is on top of mind for me these days. In fact, I'll be addressing the changing and progressive forecast for the floral industry when I present at the upcoming Trend Summit later this month. Created and produced by Hitomi Gilliam, Trend Summit 2018 takes place in Vancouver, BC, beginning with a two-day conference on Friday, August 17th and Saturday, August 18th, followed by the Trend Summit Symposium on Sunday, August 19th. I'll be presenting at the symposium on, on Sunday, August 19th in the morning, followed by an amazing lineup of fellow trend experts and influencers, including Holly Hyder Chapel of Hope Farms and Chapel Designers, Leatrice Eisman of the Pantone Institute, Gregor Lursch, a global design expert, and of course, our host and the brainstorm behind all of this, Hitomi Gilliam. What an honor to join this amazing group of floral leaders. I'm so grateful to Hitomi for including the Slow Flowers message in this forum. You can find all of the registration and schedule details for Trend Summit in a link I'll share at today's show notes at deborahprincing.com. I hope to see you there. It will be a powerful day to be inspired and to influence. I'm grateful to all of you, our entire community of flower farmers and floral designers who together define the Slow Flowers movement. As our cause gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of the American cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. I value your support and I invite you to show your thanks with a donation to support my ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find the donate button in the column to the right at deborahprinzing.com's homepage. The Slow Flowers podcast has been downloaded more than 343,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. Thank you to our sponsors who have supported Slow Flowers and all our programs. And welcome to our newest podcast sponsor, the Team Flower Conference, a professional floral event where flower lovers from all over the world gather for networking, learning, and celebration. It's a special time for the floral industry to come together. And whether you're a farmer, designer, wholesaler, or just love flowers, you're invited to join us as we dream big for the future of our beloved industry. You can head to teamflower.org slash slowflowers to learn more about the 2019 conference in Waco, Texas. Thanks, too, to Arctic Alaska Peonies, a cooperative of passionate family farms in the heart of Alaska, providing bigger, better peony flowers during the months of July and August. Visit them today at Arctic 
alaskapeonies.com. This Seattle Wholesale Growers Market, a farmer-owned cooperative committed to providing the very best the Pacific Northwest has to offer in cut flowers, foliages, and plants. The Growers Market's mission is to foster a vibrant marketplace that sustains local flower farms and provides top quality products and services to the local floral industry. Find them at seattlewholesalegrowersmarket.com. Longfield Gardens provides home gardeners with high quality flower bulbs and perennials. Their online store offers plants for every region and every season, from tulips and daffodils to dahlias, caladiums, and amaryllis. Visit them at longfield-gardens.com. Syndicate Sales, an American manufacturer of vases and accessories for the professional florist. Look for the American flag icon to find Syndicate's USA-made products and join the Syndicate Stars loyalty program at syndicatesales.com. Johnny's Selected Seeds, an employee-owned company that provides our industry with the best flower, herb, and vegetable seeds supplied to farms large and small and even backyard cutting gardens like mine. Check them out at johnnysseeds.com. The Association of Specialty Cut Flower Growers, formed in 1988, ASCFG was created to educate, unite, and support commercial cut flower growers. Its mission is to help growers produce high-quality floral material and to foster and promote the local availability of that product. Learn more at ASCFG.org. Mayesh Wholesale Florist, family-owned since 1978. Mayesh is the premier wedding and event supplier in the U.S. And we're thrilled to partner with Mayesh to promote local and domestic flowers, which they source from farms large and small around the U.S. Learn more at mayesh.com. Certified American Grown Flowers, the Certified American Grown program and label, provide a guarantee for designers and consumers on the source of their flowers. Take pride in your flowers and buy with confidence. Ask for Certified American Grown Flowers. To learn more, visit americangrownflowers.org. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of the Slow Flowers podcast. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more American grown flowers on the table, one vase at a time. And if you like what you hear, please consider logging onto iTunes and posting a listener review. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. Learn more about his work at soundbodymovement.com. And special thanks to Stephen Yaussi. Thank you.